This is a Media 8 production. The first beer goes down easy. It's bubbly, it's sweet, tickles the back of your throat. The second beer, you're starting to enjoy it. You kick back, getting a bit more relaxed. But it's the third beer, Brett. It is. It's the third beer that where you hit that vibe, a certain mellowness comes over. It's a golden light nectar, I would describe. The pub turns into a very happy place, and you've hit that spot that's just right. And our third beer is a special guest each week that we get to interview and have a chat to not only about the beer, but also about life and other stuff that men don't talk about. I'm Brett McCallum. I'm Chris Dixon, and we'd like to talk about the third beer. G'day, buddy. How you going? Good, mate. Very good. Very excited today. I'm so excited. Yeah. Hey, we've got a lady in the yeah, studio. We do. We've got our Is first it? courageous lady that's <laughs> come through the door. Hang on. I'm going to move some here in one sec. Ready? Oh, bit shit, actually. Sorry. That's you have right. a crack. I'm uh, interested in this, too. Yeah. Mate, I've gone rogue. I like it. I've gone rogue. We haven't gone... Oh, it's still got beer in the title. Yeah, it wasn't too bad. It wasn't too bad. Well, we'll let the guest uh, crack hers open. As fine purveyors of all things ginger since 1941. That was good. That was a good opening. (laughs) Budrum Ginger Beer is crafted to deliver a distinct flavour hit like no other. Made using only the freshest ginger, delivers a punchy ginger bite and uniquely refreshing taste. Enjoy straight from the bottle or pour over ice with a twist of lemon. Oh, Jesus, mate, that sounds sexy. I'll tell you what, though, you shouldn't mix alcohol with fruit. It's just not a good idea. Anyway, right, cheers, ching. brother. Thank you very much. Oh, oh it didn't really. It's got like a, a coating that doesn't ching. Oh, hey, there we ching. go. Oh, yeah. There we go. That's we just wet the, um, the board that records us, so hopefully it's still working. What do you reckon? Jeez, I like oh. it. I like it. It's oh, delicious. How good is that? It's like I'm drinking ginger beer, but mm. it's got a bit of juice in it. I'll tell you what, I'm a big connoisseur of the alcoholic ginger beer. You are. I mean, and I love it, right? And some of it tastes like mm, sweaty ballsack, we like to call it. But that's not a uh, not a good taste, obviously. No. It depends on who you are and what yeah, you enjoy. Yeah, yeah. But um, Let's not judge. Yeah, we won't judge. But, mate, that's good. I like it. Mm, that's a winner. We'll I see how that goes at the end of the bottle. So, buddy, I'm very excited. As I mentioned, there's a lady in the room, and that hasn't happened on this podcast before. So tell me, what's going on? Today, I would like to introduce a very special lady indeed. She's been an awesome uh, friend and uh, teacher and guide. She's my yoga instructor. Welcome, Kelly. Namaste. Welcome. (laughs) Namaste, Kelly. (laughs) Thank you. Uh, Can I tell you what I know about yoga? People say, I want to go to yoga, and I say, namaste my ass at home and go back to bed. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah. boom, boom. Sorry, that was my joke. It's my yoga joke. <laughs> How you going? Yeah, well, thanks. You, um, you are one of the fittest, physically fittest people I've ever seen. And not, and I mean that obviously in a really good way. I'm, I'm really actually currently getting into my fitness and, and I'm, I'm on a mission. My mission is a 45-week challenge. So everyone has eight-week challenges and stuff. And um, this is the last week. I've got three days to go of my eight-week challenge give, at the gym. Give us the stat, big fella. You know, I get excited. <sighs> Mate. I don't know. I haven't weighed myself. I haven't weighed yourself. So I'll tell you what, no? this shirt that I've got on <laughs> fitted me. Like when I say fitted me, was quite tight eight weeks ago. Hey? Well and done. And now it's extremely loose and I'm pretty happy with that. But on Monday is the big weigh-in day. We get the scans done and everything and I'm really excited because I've uh, I've tried intermittent fasting for the last eight weeks and I've, uh, I've eaten what I felt like. But at the same time, I've gone to the gym every day and um, I'm loving it. 
I really, really am loving. I've become my uh, my sort of my, my true me. Well, well, that's deep. Well, <laughs> I'm glad you started there, brother, because that's where we're headed today. Okay? Let me tell you the story where I reckon we're uh, headed. Okay, I, I got yeah. a story from last Saturday. Right, all right, all right. we have a challenge each week at the gym. Yep. And the challenge last Saturday was how long you can hold a plate, like a, a weight plate, two and a half kilo plate, in front of your solid arms, to stand there as long as you possibly can. Mm. And so I'm sitting there going, "How Survivor am I going to win style. this? Yeah, so I'm wondering <laughs> how am I going to win this, right?" Someone had already got two and a half minutes. One of the trainers got three minutes. I'm sitting there, how am I going to do this? I know what, I'm going to meditate. So what I did, there was 20 people to start with. I held my plate out. Got my eyes closed. I can't really see that on a podcast. But I held my plate out, went into a meditative state. Holy good. Holy dooly. Opened my eyes. There was two of us left. We're four minutes in. Record was currently two and a half, and I've got open my eyes, and then I got a little bit excited because there was two of us left, so I started taking the piss out of the other person. I dropped my weight; they won. But that's not the story. That's not the point. Four minutes twelve. The current record was two minutes. The trainer got three minutes, and I was a good minute and a half. You after. have turned into a Zen master, what? mate. <laughs> but I hear that's what we're talking about. Today. We're going to take you to a new level. Kelly is awesome. not only a yoga instructor, but a uh, pump instructor, aerobics instructor. You know, the list goes on. Kelly's going to level us, but she's a very fit, capable person. But more importantly than that, she's a um, spiritually in tuned, emotionally gifted human being that is going to uh, tell us about. How yoga not only gets you fit and well, but also, uh, you know, improves your sense of who you are. Kelly, welcome. <laughs> How you doing? Yeah, I'm stoked to be here. So thanks for inviting me. Um, I'm stoked you're the first person on this, women, woman on this podcast. I'm yeah. so excited. Look out, there'll be a lot more coming, I Oh, hope. that's great. <laughs> I might be tuning in more often. And the thing I love is the fact that he teaches me, like he's my Zen master, mm-hmm. if you like, and now I've met the master of the Zen master. Ooh. Ooh that's deep. That's wow. Deep, Next week you'll have my master. Oh, <laughs> bring that on. <laughs> anyway, how so, do you, what do you do? How do you do it? Sure. Um, tell us all. Let's tell let's your find story. Out. Let's <laughs> find out a little bit about Kel. Tell us your story, Kel. Where okay, did this begin? Sure. Who well, well, well my background... Um, I suppose I've been always been a fairly active type of person. Um, about 20 years ago, I began my yoga journey, let's say, uh, in the fitness industry. All I was really interested in is um, being fit, healthy and well. Um, Got not a pair of the best delts I've ever <laughs> seen, mate. Lodge. Kelly's shoulders are amazing. Delts, shoulders. She's That's what I was saying before. Yoga. Like your arms are yeah, awesome. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. they're massive. 20 years in the game. Tw- 20, tw- yeah. 20, 20 years. years we'll we'll change yeah, the shape yeah, of your yeah, body yeah, slightly. Yeah, for sure. Um, but look, it, it wasn't really until the last few years, um, really, probably three or four years, um, moving to the Gold Coast, uh, I reevaluated my profession in the fitness industry and what I can sustain. Um, and what I found was my real joy or what I really loved to teach out of all the different um, sports and physical activity I was doing was this stretching body balance yoga type style exercise so I decided to delve down that path a little bit more and um, went to a yoga training at Byron Bay a few years back and 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 really just to from a professional sense to to get more work in the industry um not not to become enlightened. That wasn't my original wow, I did not idea. Yeah, 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 but I just wanted to move my body. That felt nice for me and something that I could do as I got older. And um, and then it's really led me to, yeah, question so many things about life and, and be at peace with so many other things. And that's the beautiful 
uh, way yoga can really mould into your into your life. Well, Kelly, see, I think that's the beautiful thing about the class that I do with you is that we're at a gym. We've got a whole bunch of people there really just trying to stretch out so they can lift more weight or do more aerobics. But subtly, the yoga sinks into yes. them and all of a sudden they're staying for meditation at the end. Yes. And all of a sudden they're, they're engaging and saying namaste when we pass in the, in the hallway. It's a fascinating thing. So that's your journey as well. I it didn't is. know that. And, and yoga, um, teaching yoga in a gym scenario is a little bit different to um, in a, a yoga studio, different clientele, let's say. And Chris is right. People come into yoga perhaps after a cycle class or after a workout or or maybe just for, for an evening class. But, you know, these are gym goers. These are people who pump iron and train fairly hard on their body. So to sort of have that underlying theme of, of, of blending not just the physical aspects of yoga, which is what most people are attracted to initially, me included, but then um, really going a little bit deeper into some breathing techniques and focus and concentration like holding the plate out in front for two or three or four minutes you know and and what happened when you opened your eyes you kind of lost your concentration and and but the interesting um, part was everyone's faces so like all these people are going like what's he doing because I, I was the only one obviously with my eyes closed and I'm sort of, mm. and then they were all staring at me and I'm going, hey, like I didn't realise. But yeah, I just, uh, I didn't really care. Yeah. It was great. And I think what well happens done, when you close Thanks. your eyes is what I do in yoga. We do this every, at the start of every single class, simply by closing your eyes down, you're really shutting off all those outside distractions. So, Well, that you know, sensory information, we're just taking one sh- sense away, mm. coming into ourselves. That's it, yeah. Beautiful. So... Um, I came at yoga from a different perspective. Mine was always kind of a spiritual meditative mm. space and I kind of found the physical aspect of yoga as well. So mm. well, in that space, where do you sit now? How do, do you see it as more of a, a spiritual practice or more of a or more of a workout or do you have a bit of both? Uh, to be honest, the beauty of being a yoga teacher is I can design the practice as to what I feel like doing and that's it. And the class just, you know, goes with the flow. So um, it's different to the type of classes I was teaching. You know, I would kind of get... What a, were you teaching before? Um, I was teaching, uh, we called Les Mills classes. They're pre-choreographed okay. classes. Like F45 so type stuff. Similar sort of stuff, yeah. yeah but you have a, a structure of the class and a particular movement that you have to do at a particular time in a particular order. So there's no free range for me to do what I want when I okay. want sort of thing, yeah. So yoga was so freeing. I could just do what I wanted when I wanted. If it didn't go in time with the music, it was okay. And, you know, some of the things that um, I've learnt since is just that whole concept of going with the flow is just so beneficial in your life in every aspect you know it doesn't so, matter if you stuff up it's okay so well that's important for me to know as i'm starting to finish <laughs> my course so what what do you think the yoga has taught you about yourself in regards to you know did you have anxiety or any of these issues that a lot of our other clients have, well, sure. have had? Yeah. well i've definitely been in tune with my body physically yep. more um and and i can sense um tightness in yoga, Chris, as you know, we also talk about, you know, we've got the physical aspect of our bodies, the mental aspect of our body, the emotional aspect of our body, and yoga brings all of this together. So by opening or stretching a particular part of your body, your hips, for example, you know, we store a lot of stress, tension, anxiety in our hips. So you can do a, you can put your body in a particular position, breathe in a particular way, 
and that can help to release some of the mental and emotional stuff that really is perhaps at the root of an issue in your life. So well, that's interesting because I have worked Brett through the breathing into his back and the back lungs and just the basic, you know, standard so process, which is a revelation, I think, for most people mm. that you can breathe into your back lungs. But to breathe into your hips, because I'm quite tight in my hips, we've actually never done that. So we, we might have to go there. Mm. We can yeah. even go there today. Okay. On the podcast, could we? Well, well, you could you could ask Kelly. Or Kelly, mm. could we go there on a podcast? Of course. Yeah. And any listener could do it at the same time. Well, we could try <laughs> that. Let's do that in a minute. All right. Well, let's. We'll, we'll, I just we'll, want to know more about your past, though, because mm. okay. one of the things that I've learned from Chris is the. Oh, don't believe I'm saying this out loud. Well, the, the spirituality of stuff. Right? Oh, I'm, I'm did not, you just say that out loud? Oh, did I say that? Oh, wow. Yeah. I'm, I'm uh, not a. Oh, sorry. I'll rephrase <laughs> that at all. I was never. A spiritual person. My wife is. My wife's very much a spiritual. Not not a sort of a God believer or a happy clapper or whatever you want to call them. Mm. But she's she's very much uh, in tune with the universe, and she's yep. a, she's a natural therapist and all that. So oh, I've wow. um, for the last sort of twenty odd years that we've been married and been together twenty five is that I've been part of that mm. in my own way. But at the same time, since I met Chris, he's more gone down the, the sort of spirituality side of things and we, we say the G word every now and then and, and stuff like that and actually side note did you notice they put a face on God now in the news this week they've actually put a picture of what God would look like didn't know that I meant to bring that in to show you anyway it would be interesting it would be interesting <laughs> yeah it was a sort of a young man it was really weird but um but yeah, so the whole sort of, I, I never was a, I never believed in God. Mm. I didn't know what God was. Mm -hmm. I'm not, I don't go to church. I'm not a Christian or any of that sort of stuff. But some of the stuff that, that Chris has sort of taught me and we talk in different ways. We have great debates about this sort of stuff. Prior to you becoming a, I'm going to call it a yogi. Yeah. Were you a spiritual person or were you not? Were you just uh, uh, sort of go to the gym and, and train your Les Mill classes? What, where, no, where were you before? I actually was brought up in um, a fairly full-on Christian church, actually. Mm -hmm. um, so I had that background, that knowing that um, it, was a, it, was a, it was a great upbringing. Um, it was a fairly strict church, though, Christian church. And, and did um, you like that or did you rebel against that? Um <laughs> Look like a I, little bit me, from column A, a little nurture. bit from column B. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I reckon you're a bit of a rebel, personally. <laughs> anyway. No, I was. Look, I was. I was a good girl growing up, but in the end, it came to a point where I just I felt like I needed to be able to make my own decisions. I needed, um, you know, some people, and and I'm not saying that church is a bad thing because it's. It, we never say that on this podcast. Yeah, of course, never but will. people um, have their own choices in life. Absolutely, and and it can be something that's really helpful depending on your personality and your beliefs and things like that. But but um, in the end, I, I felt like I needed to do my own thing on my own path. And um, I always believed in the G word, but um, I didn't practice. God. We can now. We can it took us a long time God. to get there. Okay. Yeah. Um, I didn't I attend a church. I still don't. Church. I God, still don't let's not go there. Okay. <laughs> well, look, I, I don't go to church anymore. I, I haven't for a long time. Um, but what I found, and it actually wasn't until I went and did this yoga training that I started to question a few things and make that connection back to who I really am. Um, but is that to who you are? So is that what you found with yoga? Yeah, is that's like right. You actually found well, the I true feel meaning like of yourself. That's right. That I don't need outside sources yeah. to impact on my life. Well, well the word yoga means union, yoke, bringing together Correct. all aspects of who you are. Never knew that. There you go. Yes. So, so it's this yoking together or uniting of the the mental body, the physical body, the breath, and 
with the universe. It's it's creating that connection with you to the all that is. In fact, Brett, asanas, which are the Hatha yoga movements, is only like 15% of what yoga is really about. <laughs> the purpose of asana. Yeah. What purpose of... Yeah. What would you call it? Hatha yoga? Uh, hatha yoga. What's hatha yoga? Well, they're the movements, the, the asanas. Like which the downward are, dog. That's that's a that's an asana. That's hatha yoga. That's a part of hatha yoga. So yeah. an asana is part of hatha yoga. Mm-hmm. Yes, it's the movement, the physical aspect. So the physical movement is called hatha. Is only one. No, part. The, the, there's different types of yoga. Yes. Like you've got your Bikram hot yoga. You Don't have ha- your your hatha. You've got your ashtanga. You've got different. You've got where, yin yoga, which is your slow yoga. Where do you sit? Do you define yourself? Well, the yoga teacher trainer that I did yeah. was called Purna Yoga, which well, is called Perfect one. Yoga. That's perfect right. Yoga. And that is, is a blend of Iyengar Yoga, which is another style of yoga, and Hatha. So there are different types of yoga. Look, it doesn't matter so what type of yoga. So I ask in regards to that, though? Because I've, I've done a lot of stuff in business, right? And to me, there's lots of different opportunities in business and all that sort of stuff. Does yoga get treated like that? Like... You, you've just mentioned five different types of yoga. Like there's yoga, mm, mm. <laughs> but then does someone come up with – like Les Mills is a really good example. Like that's just functional movement but in certain patterns. Yep. If you go back a long time ago, that's just your old um, – class where everyone gets in there and does the same thing around and around, like circuit classes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that, that's all it is. But then, then it come out and it was a, a um, where they where they put this together and called it Les Mills classes. Is that happen with yoga? Like does yoga – Well, Brad, I, 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 I just, just to interlude there, yeah. y- yoga is a 5,000-year tradition. Okay. I get that. But so, what I'm so, asking so, is, has it been so marketed wrong or well, is there I'll, one I'll, form? I'll pass over to Kelly for this. Yeah, yes, yes. Okay. It's a well, very yo- interesting topic. That's right. Yoga is is a very broad topic and unfortunately broad sometimes church. it is pigeonholed that, you know, if you go to yoga that, you know, you're going to have dreadlocks and no shoes and be flexible when that's not the case at all. And, and some people might be severely injured or very limited movement and so they might choose uh, – a yin or restorative type yoga, which is much slower, gentler on the body, which would be perfect for them. Yeah. Someone who wants to burn calories and get fit fast, you know, there's a yoga practice that will burn calories and get fit fast. So. And, and Brett, we've been doing yana yoga, which is the meditative sit still aspect of yoga. So, okay. so that's that's just really a, a one arm of what yoga is. Yeah. yeah so yeah. there are. That's right. I mean, it depends really what you want to achieve, what you want to get out of yoga. Um, but I think but, I but, but one common thread, yeah. which I will just say, yes. is that every yoga class, whether it, you know, it doesn't matter what style it is, there will be a component of what we call pranayama, which is the breathing techniques of yoga. Okay. So we're so blending a now the breath. Across everyone, no Correct. What. And and it is still. I mean, really, the main focus. Um, the intention from a teacher's perspective is to allow the student to connect with their higher self, whether that's closing their eyes and just disconnecting from everything else and you're just being with you and finding your own space or if it is breathing slowly and all, all of a sudden your blood pressure's dropped, you're feeling less anxiety, you know, there's all these beautiful benefits that you might not have gone to yoga to actually achieve but in the meantime, this has all happened without you realising. That's the subtle beauty of it. Yeah. You go to the asana, you get yourself in an uncomfortable position, then you learn to breathe in that uncomfortable into position. position. And once you're learning to breathe into the position, all of a sudden you find yourself in a meditative space, which mm. is what you're doing with the weight. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. I think my, my question is more about has marketing, I'll rephrase it, has marketing got to yoga? 
So like marketing got to fitness, right? Functional fitness was the new big mm. buzzword mm. that's been around forever because it's just functional movements of your body. Mm. But then you got F45, 12 round, 9 round. Mm. You've got all these different types of functional movement. Um, and then you've got the gym, you've got CrossFit, you've got all these yep. cults. <laughs> you got all these things. Has that happened to yoga okay. or is yoga still up on that pedestal that that doesn't happen? Well, I think possibly with Bikram. If you say Bikram yoga, I think yeah. everyone knows that that mm-hmm. means that you're in a hot really yoga. hot room and you're going to sweat a lot. And my traditional yoga base was that's not necessarily a cool thing. Not to not to not to hack so on hot? it. Ah, uh, because it's very less Sorry. than traditional. Yeah, because you're not <laughs> supposed to in in my in my school get that hot. You're supposed to have a light sweat on the skin, and if you're actually getting too hot, then you're actually maybe mm. doing some psychic. Yeah, physiological issues that might result. Oh, that's what I've been told. Yeah. Right. But to answer your question, probably no, I'd say that, mm. you know, apart from one or two yoga styles, there's not like a big yin yoga house that everyone goes to, like yeah. a fitness first, you know what I mean? There's there's just little pockets of yoga. But in saying that, like seriously, in every suburb, you've got three or four yoga studios or options for yoga. So it's everywhere. It's all over the Gold Coast. It's kind of hip and cool to do yoga. Yeah. But and do they make money? Do these like run as, as profitable businesses? These like, because if, if I go to my local neighbourhood and there's three or four gyms, mm. two are going to fail, they're gone within two years, right? Mm. So do these yoga studios actually make cash? And not that you're in it to make cash because I know that's not mm. what, the way that his head works. But um, yeah, yeah. from, and what I mean, I don't mean that in a negative way, but... Like, is that the way yoga studios work as well? Or is it yoga studios have got a clientele and once I find my yoga teacher, that's where I stay? I think there is um, definitely some loyalty yeah. to a teacher. Seems to be a lot more loyalty than there is in gyms. Yeah, well, you're not just, uh, uh, you know, teaching movement. It's, mm. it's, it is a bit of spiritual guidance that you may not really realise that you're receiving, but you keep coming back for that. Um, lift up <laughs> that that person can provide it's, it's, you perhaps. It's an essence and it's a flow. And for me, Kelly's always been an incredible inspiration. So yeah. you do follow the teacher. And yes, I, I think there is a, 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 an ongoing dialogue whether or not yoga can be marketing, but it's always the purest aspect of yoga that comes back to this is a 5,000 year tradition and people really don't want to sell their souls. But has anyone really marketed it and taken over? I, I I don't know. Mm. I think it's an ongoing conversation that yoga has with itself. Like mm. Are we about marketing and making money or are we are about truth? And I think yoga often, well, comes the more, back you get to the truth. more mm. it comes back to truth. And yeah, we can make some change and we can you know, have a job. But at the end of the day, we're really trying to help people better their lives. Mm. What mm. has been a um, you know, life-changing moment for you in the yoga process, Master Kel? Is that with a student or with yourself? Or have you had a moment where you've gone, wow, this is... Because I know how passionate you are about yoga. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, I follow a few teachers myself um, and I, I love the beautiful works of Abraham Hicks, um, Law of Attraction type stuff. And it wasn't until I kind of got my head around the secret, let's say, um, that I really understood that, oh my gosh, I'm, I'm the creator of my reality. You know, my, my thoughts are going to create my reality and I can have whatever life I want. And I kind of feel like now I'm, I'm, I'm living it up. Like I've, I'm, I'm free, I'm happy, um, I'm not tied down to anything if I don't want to be. And, and that's um, all because of the power of my thoughts. And so probably a turning point for me would be to, was 
tuning in to um, Abraham Hicks and and in applying a lot of those strategies. So to for my the life listeners, Abraham Hicks was the creator of The Secret, which is obviously the um, the, the well, the, I think there's a movie as well, isn't there? Oh, the, yeah, a long time ago, there was yeah. a documentary that came out. Yeah, but, that's um, right. You know, when you say the one secret, the a lot of people one start of the to brandings of the century. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah for sure, for sure. Law of attraction, beautiful. Yeah, yeah. but um, you know, um, I I really do believe, and I've seen it just thousands and thousands of times that, well, that you get that, what you think. You know, that fits in with uh, the big fella's uh, entrepreneurial presence. He's a bit of a force. He likes to dream and imagine what can be real, and you manifest it through hard oh, work. Mm. Mm. Kelly's on the same path. See, yeah. you, you really My are. My golf game this morning, I was trying to manifest. It just didn't work. <laughs> <laughs> it was horrible. But anyway, okay. that's a different story. Right. And so on the path, Kel, do uh, you want to take us back to where it all began? With yoga? With you. Oh. Where are you from, Kel? Ah. Oh, born in Brisbane. Um, Queenslander. Uh, <laughs> Sorry. Bris Vegas. <laughs> a few years ago. Uh, moved to the coast six years ago. Mother of three. Um, Congratulations. Thank you. Three beautiful, happy children and um, wife. Got a wonderful husband. Um, Does he practice yoga? No. Or, he, or does he just his, sit there? He's like a Brett. <laughs> <laughs> he's a Brett. My wife practices yoga. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, actually, I threatened her a couple of weeks ago, so let's go and do yoga together. And she's looked at me like, what? <laughs> Why not? No. I'm in. I, I will do a little shout out because he has tried one or two down dogs and just thought, no, nah, not doing it. He's a... Uh, he's a triathlete. triathlete. So he yes, does yeah, lots yeah. of exercise, which is I mean, absolutely the perfect... Um, balance for yep. his program is to do some stretching and um, even just relaxation sort of stuff. I kind of think that triathletes are yogis just on bikes because you've got to put yourself in a meditative <laughs> space, man. Well, it is when a very mental <laughs> sport, yeah, isn't it? Is, it? it is, it is. Yeah. You know? And you're doing a and long you're on swim, your own for a long, long, long time, time, aren't you? Yeah. Yes. And he's done Ironmans. Yeah, I mean, that's so right. For me, that is so Five or six hours on the bike is, is, is a meditation, isn't it? You are it? with yourself. <laughs> Understanding, yeah, where you're yeah. positioned and how to breathe and the whole thing. Yeah. yeah. So, um, no, look, he um, he, he does his physical workouts. I do my physical workouts. We run together and train together. I, I'm I'm doing my first real triathlon this year. <laughs> well done. Yeah. Um, so, so we we do do things together, but we do a lot of things apart as well. And yoga is one of those things what that I kids? don't want to push onto him and the and the kids. The kids love it. They, they come do and yoga. Yeah, they sometimes do yoga with my. I have a yoga studio at home that I've been doing. Sometimes they do yoga. Yeah. Um, and all my kids have been to do yoga. They with have. Really? They're beautiful. Yeah. Yes. Um, Chris's kids are a bit older than mine, but they've all come and and had a session. And um, I used to actually teach kids yoga to younger kids um, and they should have yoga meditation yes. etc yeah. i believe i'm a true believer in that should be um but no look so many so many benefits you know for a child yoga is um you know it improves their balance it improves their concentration but it can be fun as well you don't have to sit there and meditate you can and just put your body in a fun position like a scorpion and they think that's cool yeah you know? and the research is left brain right brain the correlation some of the yoga exercises have a five thousand year long tradition of trying to improve people's thinking and their ability to move between left and right hemispheres so yeah, i think the kids also it. like to do what you're doing like i remember when i was doing crossfit and uh, joe rawadi big shout out to joey 
he um he got me into CrossFit and it was amazing. And my kids used to come and do CrossFit CrossFit Kids at the time. Okay. And I think they like to do the stuff that you do because then you've got something in common as well. Like mm. you know, I might have been throwing weights above my head, but they were throwing broomsticks above their head and stuff. But they're doing the same movement. Yeah. And then those sort of things I think is a, is a really really good thing for the kids. Mm. But then when you look at it from a meditative point of view, oh man, that's just awesome. Like if you can teach a kid to meditate, imagine how much better schools would be. Well, one yes. of my daughters would love the end of Kelly's class because Kelly also does a bit of Reiki too. Huh? Yeah. That's right. And so the meditative aspect of um, a bit of a... Is head- Ricky Reiki? Yes. I Sorry. Ne- I never say it right. But is it the same thing? How do yes. you say it? How do you say it? Okay. Yes. It's Reiki, isn't Reiki, it? Reiki. Reiki. Yeah, Ray Universal Reiki. Key is our Reiki. life force. Reiki. Yeah, and that's, that's energy healing. Mm. Is that correct? Mm. Yeah. Yep. And a lot of yoga is energy That's in terms right. of healing. Yeah. So we talk about the chakras or we talk about Shakti or, yes. you know, the worship of the mother goddess. I mean, this is uh, all interesting part of the yoga. Master Kel, what has it helped you overcome as as a person? We we tend to get a little bit deep here and we tend to, you know, uh, you know ask our, uh, our... Make our guests really uncomfortable. <laughs> That's yeah, the whole plan. Yeah, no. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Not at all. Because uh, well, I know for myself, it's a part of my mental health strategy and right. it's really helped me overcome anxiety and mm. stress. So mm. uh, I'm just wondering if you've got anything you'd like to share. Um, well, I will be honest with you. Um when I mentioned before that I was brought up in a very strict church when I left that church eventually, um, I left with sort of mixed emotions and I did leave with a lot of guilt and I don't know if shame is the right word, but I kind of felt like I was a bit naughty, a bit bad and maybe God wouldn't love me, but that was my decision at the time and it was a long time, years and years and years, I sort of held that with me and I must admit that it was yoga that where I found that peace and I taught myself how to let go of that that any regret any shame any um any of that those, those discomfort I it was just like a burden had been lifted that you know I'm not bad <laughs> it's okay it's finding that peace within and 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 that has probably been the biggest part of my life in terms of yoga, that that's the biggest benefit that it's given me that I don't feel guilty anymore, that I'm, I'm my own person and and we all find that strength within, you know, not from somewhere else. That's beautiful, man. That touched me because I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm a Catholic bring up. So we get brought up on hardcore guilt and shame, mm. which is cool because, you know, it's a beautiful part of that. But uh, at the same time, you've got to try and find your own path, don't you? Yes. And part of healing is to overcome those barriers. And yes. You, but you've got to learn to identify them. Have you learned to identify some of your barriers? Yeah, restrictions, for sure. Brand, since, eh? since we started sort of getting together and chatting and stuff and, and since I've been sort of, um, I've changed my whole life. But I, I think that when you become you and that's fine, yes. it doesn't really matter. Like... God loves you. I'm going to say it. God <laughs> loves you for you, Brett. I want to ask that I love question. you for you. Oh, no, you do because you're only human. Yeah. But, but, what, but what it's really interesting, one of the statements you just said, and he's just said it as well, is that you were, you were worried that God wasn't going to love you, right? Mm. He's taught me that God isn't a person or a thing. It's mm. actually what's within that's your right. very being. Yeah. So it's really interesting that you say that. Because but that, I guess that's what I was taught though. Oh, exactly. And so that, that's that what I mean. was that's conditioned in me that, yeah, without doubt. you know, you do this, you're a bad person. You say that, you're a bad person. You don't come to church, then you're turning your back on God. So that's what you believe as a child, you know. 
Um, Personally, I think that's atrocious. Just want to let you know that the people get taught that stuff because you should be taught the fact that you're you mm, and that's mm, all that matters. And the, yep. the thing is that if you can believe in yourself, you can believe in anything. Absolutely. Not saying Christianity or anything is bad. Completely opposite. That's fine if that's what you believe in. Mm. But at the same time, for people to actually teach you that that's a bad thing, <laughs> yeah, that's wrong. Yeah, that's my personal opinion. And, and I Not guess that that's what I'm, on this podcast. <laughs> I'm really <laughs> trying to instill those exact same in um, your kids? yes in my yeah, children because they they go to a Christian school. Which you know, here I am coming from a Christian background. Do I want to put my children back through there? But but really, that was a beautiful upbringing. I, it gave me some really good morals and ethics, yep. and I don't think that there's anything wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that at all. So my yeah. kids go to a Christian school, but I always want to instill in them that just because you go to this school or that school or um, that religion or that religion, you know, it's it's all right. There's no wrong. And, and be like open-minded. As a Christian, as a Catholic, that Jesus was a goddamn good yogi. <laughs> It's a good chippy from what and I heard he, as well. He was, he was, he was, he was <laughs> a bit of yoga on the side, you know, took one for the was team. He, was and he the first yeah. yoga instructor? Uh, well, there is, a, there is a tradition that believes that there's the missing years of Christ where for 11 years there's no real account for him. And the, the story goes... What, is in that the book? In, in the Bible. Yeah. Uh, that uh, he spent some time in the East and hung out with some, uh, some Bakni mm. gurus, which is another form of devotional yoga. And, and uh, I might just throw in there a Ooh. master Reiki healer. Oh, yeah. Come on. He laid right. those hands laid, on. Laid the hands. Spread the love. True. Mm. See? So, I'm feeling the love in this room. <laughs> this is awesome. <laughs> but it's interesting because Mike, like, and I'm, I'm, not a, I'm not a Christian, as I mentioned before. My kids go to a, a Lutheran school. Okay. And um, that's quite funny because I also take the piss out of most things in life because I try and enjoy myself and have a good time. And I walked in the, the school one day and I said, shh, God's watching you. And they go, Dad, you can't say that. It's like, it actually says it on the board <laughs> up there. God, he's way there. They turn around and go, you're an idiot. And I went, yeah, that's fine. I'm happy with that. <laughs> but I try and teach my kids exactly the same thing. Mm. As long as you're a good person. And you're a kind person, kindness wins in the end, whether that's Christianity, whether that's belief or whatever, mm. that's mm. all that matters. Mm. Just be a good person to you, be a good person to others and be kind yep. and you're on a winner. Brett, yep. Brett presented at a, uh, a forum the other night called Fuck Up Night. It's where for, uh, entrepreneurs get together and share their, their, their mistakes or mishaps. Okay. And his biggest lesson was don't be a dick. It'll come yeah. back to bite you. <laughs> My true, that's what yeah. I live by. And yeah, that's quite oh, funny because awesome. at the end we did a forum. There was three of the entrepreneurs sitting on the stage, and in the background they'd actually put on this massive screen my tapestry work thing that was on there. Just said, "Don't be a dick," and obviously people resonated with that because that was the big screen at the behind us. And I think yoga's Brett's mantra. It is, yeah, exactly, hundred <laughs> percent. I think yoga's the same because a lot of people get into performing the asana perfectly, mm. and it becomes competitive or it mm. becomes sexual. There's lots of energy in a, in a yoga room. But that's not the point. The point is just to be where you are and achieve that's what right. you can yeah. at every given point. And the idea is to be really, really gentle with yourself, I think. Yeah. And that's one of the reasons why, you know, a lot of yoga teachers, me included, encourage you to close your eyes. Like if you could close your eyes and be blindfolded for the entire practice, it'd be amazing because you are so totally in your body. You're feeling the movement of your body. You're hearing your breath that you are not distracted by anyone else and you're not comparing yourself or judging yourself with anyone else in the class. It's just... You know, this is an hour where life doesn't matter, work doesn't matter. Who cares what I'm having for dinner? I'm just present. Business idea, pitch black yoga. Yeah. <laughs> Throwing it out there. Yeah. Pitch black room. Oh, close okay. all the doors. No, wrong. Oh, no, maybe it could work. You know, well, maybe. Never know. I mean, I, Maybe I, not to first time yogis. <laughs> 
<laughs> bumping again. Well, it's quite funny because I'm really competitive. Well, sorry, mm. I was really I'm not as competitive as I used to be. I'm really me com- too. So I have to win, <laughs> right? <laughs> so I, I do. Like first time I ever did F45. I had to win. It's not a competition. You're not going against yeah. it. I had to win. I'd lift the heaviest weight. Do this. I was horribly unfit at the time. I thought I was going to die. I went and did Bikram yoga. And because I got a seven-day pass, like I paid for seven days. Mm. Well, you've got to go there all seven every days seven, in a row. Yeah, of course, every single day. So after day three, I'm sitting there going, yeah, I'm never, ever touching this. Never <laughs> going to this place again. Whereas I reckon now in the way that I can m- move my head, whatever, internally, I reckon I'd actually go all right. I just mm. don't know about the heat now. That's and I think sometimes when men come into a yoga studio, they... Feel really uncomfortable. They may feel uncomfortable. <laughs> hey, you're in there with a 30 women in lycra. That's not a bad thing. Not this little duck, <laughs> I can say that. No, you'd look good in lycra. No. <laughs> Scrub all right in lycra. <laughs> but what you're just <laughs> saying about that competitive nature, yeah. it's very um, it's very much present in the um, the first time male yogi that comes I'm in sure so you know either right at the back or right at the front one or the other but you know it's really that shedding of um you know judgments it doesn't matter in that class no one's really looking you at you that that's mm. going to be the key and i think the, the problem with me going to do yoga with my wife is that she's going to be worried i'm going to talk to her through the whole thing <laughs> you know you're the couple's massage she's there going can you just shut up seriously <laughs> But Where's we're together. Popcorn? Let's talk. We've got four kids. We don't get a chance to talk. Honey. <laughs> yeah, that's probably not going to work. Might just go on my own. Uh, Kelly does private classes. Come out to your house and do you? Do you do your own time? Yes, I do. That's the business. Uh, Would you? Could you come out and do a yoga class just for me and my wife? Yes, I can do that. Jesus, we should get that on video and YouTube. Not Jesus. Dad. Can't get him on video. He's not here anymore. Remember. <laughs> He's, he's everywhere. He's, he's everywhere. Oh, sorry. Sorry. Yeah, they, <laughs> he's in your heart, mate. He is. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Um, how's the ginger beer? It's delicious. Good oh, choice. Oh, I'm actually good. loving it a lot, actually. I'm thinking like there's not much left in this bottle. I no, <laughs> might have to go and get another one. <laughs> so, Kel. Sorry, we're off subject there. That was <laughs> quite <laughs> nice. Like. It is. It's, it's a lovely ginger beer. So, uh, for the punters out there, let's talk about Shakti. I, I'd really like, because there's a whole energetic energy exchange mm. that goes on in yoga, and mm. that's why I love your presence, and so I love coming to your classes. For me, Monday night is a bit of a church thing. You know, I'm there, I'm a regular, I'm always there hanging out, doing it in the background. But it's a, it's a, it's a participation in the, the energetic flow of that community. So what do you got to say about the mother? What right. is Shakti? Yeah, there you well, go, good question. I'll, uh, I suppose I'll come from the united perspective that um, in our body we have this male energy and female energy. We have the yin and the yang, you know, you can't have one without the other. Um, and yogis, when I was talking before about the word um, ray ki, ray means universal and ki means life force. And in yoga we call that same ki word prana. In China, they call it chi. You chi. might have heard of chi. In um, Polynesia, they call it mana. It's this, you know, life. Christians might call it spirit. Life force, holy spirit. Life force, yeah, yeah. yes. So it's all about bringing this life force up your body. Um, and, and we call this, it's called a kundalini energy. That's uh, a reservoir of energy based at the base of your spine. And this energy flows up your body. Uh, similar to the meridian lines that you would have with your acupuncture and that sort of thing, but the, this energy, um, when awakened and aroused, uh, spirals up your spine 
one male and one female and and no, you can't see this if you're listening, but... The double helix. We're doing the, yeah, the, yeah. the double helix, crossing over, spiralling up the spine. And one of these lines of energy is called the um, Ida or Ida, which is your female line of energy. And then the male line is Pingala. Um, and I'm really confused. I know. <laughs> Left and right nostril. I'll, you, I'll, you, I'm going to be very basic now. No, Basically, no, no, the male and the female energies. So um, I've got male and female energy yeah, both we, in we me. all have male and Do female. Yeah, you yes. ever wondered what your nipples are for? Yes. If you've got some creative energy, you've got some female energy. If you've got some power and strength, you've got some male energy. And we all have that elements of that. Sun, moon, male, female. And yoga is really about balancing. It's about balancing and finding that harmony. So when we can arouse this energy at the base of our spine, um, this male and female climb their way up the body and where the lines of energy meet, we create energy centers, chakras in the body. Um, but bypassing all of that, in the middle of your skull, there's a, a gland called your pineal gland where um, it's in the shape of a pine cone. That's why it's called pineal gland. These two energy lines meet, they unite. And when that happens, when you're male and the female, you're passive, the aggressive, the Ida Pingala, the Shiva, which is your male, the Shakti, which is your female energy, the sun and the moon. It's all of these dualities meet and become one. And together they unite with this one single line of energy that goes straight up the line of your spine because your Sushumna and then pierces the skull and so uh, to enlightenment. Through the gland you were talking about, the, the pine... Goes through the pituitary, then straight through the middle of the crown of your head, this yeah. crown chakra. Yeah. And and we would have called that center. Yes. Yes. That's right. We're uh, going. That's right. Yeah. That's why I went there. Knife can't cut itself. Indeed. <laughs> well. So I guess it's that bringing up of energy, that uniting, that blending together. Yoga is about uniting those two energies, and the Shakti is our female energy, the the the, the passive, the creative. The when I was talking about the sun and the moon. Um, the, the out-breath rather than the in-breath. When we breathe in, we breathe life force, energy and heat into the body. Our exhale is more of a feminine breath when we let go and release and relax. So there's always a male and a female to almost everything. And so then you go into yoga poses and some of these are very strong and using a lot of force. So that's a masculine and other that you're relaxing into and draining and that's your yin energy. And mm. what the, the, the instructor is doing is weaving those asanas together to increase and balance both male and female to the point of, ah. Oh, that's that little shavasana at the end. That's yeah, that's shavasana. Oh, yeah. That's my favourite yoga move. Where I can lay down and just go. <laughs> and the whole purpose of yoga, the physical movements, the asana that we were talking about, the whole purpose of the postures of yoga is to prepare your body for meditation. Yes, is to prepare your body for that shavasana. Like, how good is it? After an hour or ninety minutes of physically moving your body, whether it be in the gym or in a yoga practice. To then lie down and be still for 10 minutes, your body's just like, yes. I'll tell and you your mind is just it's like, exquisite, yes. Kelly. It's exquisite. It is. It's oh. magical, isn't it? It's totally. You know, if you just dropped and lied for 10 minutes, it'd feel pretty nice, but not like if after moving and breathing and focusing for that long. It's just freedom. So, you know, yoga, the physical movements of yoga, prepare your body for meditation to ascend. I find this really, really interesting. I really do. And the thing is, you mentioned earlier, it's 5,000 years. As a bloke, where my head went was with the pine cone. What came first? Did someone actually know that was a pine cone or the gland looked like a pine cone? I'm going to take it to a new level. <laughs> Did you know there was a statue of the pine cone in the Vatican? 
Correct. Oh, I'm getting conspiracies now. Who named the pine cone? Well, I don't. That's no. where I want to go. No, like, that's, and the reason I want to go there is because it's really interesting. We do a lot of stuff with Aboriginal culture and we do a lot of stuff. We're trying to get a lot of Aboriginals back into the workforce and help as many remote communities as we possibly can. And one of the things I find really, really interesting is that the way their culture works is the stories they tell. And that they get down the stories from the elders down to the, the next level. And, and these stories have been told over many, 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 many years. And that's the way their culture works. What I find really interesting with the whole yoga thing and being around for so long is obviously the same things happened. Hmm. Is the fact that um, you've taught him, who's then taught his kid, who's then taught mm. his kid, and then mm. it's gone on and on and on and on. Where does it start? Who was the first dude that I, did yoga? Well, obviously at the beginning, Brett. Thanks very much. <laughs> Just like this podcast. <laughs> Just like when we cracked open that alcoholic that, ginger beer from Budrum uh, Ginger Beer. Well, you know. But where did it start? Like, is, is there like a, like, um, if, if, I, if I talk about Christianity and stuff, obviously there's the Bible that tells you the story. Is there a yoga story? Is there a yoga book? Or how does that work? Hit him with it, Kel. <laughs> Come on, Kel. I don't know the name of the first recorded yogi. Yeah. Um, and again, because, I mean, what do you call yoga? If it was, um, you know, just, I mean, you can attend a, a yoga class, which is just breathing. So if if that's what you're going to class as yoga, then it would have started with the first man, Adam and Eve. Adam. If that Adam was, the, was first the first man. The first person, I would like to say. The yeah, first yeah, person. The case, yeah. so By man, I mean mankind. <laughs> yeah, I reckon Eve was the instructor. Just throwing that But I mean, I mean, who you don't know that they're the first person either. So, I mean, it, it but does But anything gets beyond people then because we're talking yeah. about forces. So we're talking about male and, and the female forces. I mean, mm. you start off with the Big Bang. That's essentially a male force. Bang, it explodes. But time and space is created and that's the feminine shakni. So all form including yourself and I cells in this table is feminine form. So it's the expression of that and the consciousness and awareness of that mm. is the male aspect. The, Why the was the Big Bang male? Well, that's just the metaphor. It's really, you're just talking about a metaphor and analogy. It's not necessarily male or female. So the idea that have a God as male. You're talking about male and female forces. Yeah, just Someone you're talks talking about, about God, is it a dude? Obviously, it don't, we don't we don't want to go there, but, but well, they talk about more in a male sense than they do in a female in sense. Yogi, in yoga, that's not the case. All male mm. gods have their female consorts, so yep. there, there isn't necessarily that distinction. And what do you mean by a consort? What's a consort? Equal. Yes. Equal. Yes. So mm. male god, female god. There's always both. Yeah, but... That's so the balance again we're talking about. I mean, about most... Exactly. Uh, okay. Uh, uh, I don't... I, I don't want to talk for everybody, but um, I would imagine that most yogis would probably believe that god is um is nor male or female yeah it just yeah. is oh nice so <laughs> yeah. and that and isness is Bre all around Brett, Brett, Brett gets into this idea that it's a person we're talking about oh, yes. Yes. He's a slowly and trying to deconstruct that yeah, over time but, but chris said yeah. it's it's a metaphor it's like we call mother earth like yep. mother earth has that female embodiment but um you know it doesn't necessarily mean that Earth is female. She would have a female presence, perhaps, like the sun has the male presence. That's that. That's that equal. Um, but you know that when it comes down to this life force that's in every living creature, anything that has life has this prana. Um, prana. Prana. Mana. Ki. Chi. <laughs> this life force that flows through is is 
is not male or female. It's it's, it's just, just power. Yeah, it's, it's it's a life force. That's right. Mm. It's energy, isn't it? And that's what you know. One of the things that yoga does, the physical movements of yoga, the breathing. I mean, the word pranayama, prana, meaning life force, and yama, control. So we're controlling that flow of prana in the body. We're we're shifting. We're pushing. We're opening. We're learning to we're circulate, and move circulate, through the system yeah. like tides and oceans, mm-hmm. and connect with the moon. Man. And you know, it's even awesome. From <laughs> can't get enough of this stuff. So, do you mm. find when you became a yogi? I'm just going to call it that because that's why I like to say yogi. Um, did you then change your entire being? So did you then change what you ate, how you slept, what you did, all that sort of stuff? Like was there a day you thought, I'm now a yogi and this it's is what funny. I do? It's funny. When I did my yoga training, um, I, I wasn't vegetarian and this was retreat style. So I wasn't, living so on. Means you are now? No. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> um, Oh look, I I could be easily, but um, if I want to eat meat, you I eat meat. Bacon, it's, it's this it's this whole freedom bacon. that I feel. I just yeah, eat whatever yeah. I whatever want to like, and yep. whatever I feel like. So I could easily go without meat for a week or two, and then I could easily have meat every day for a week or two. It doesn't matter. I don't mind. Um, I enjoy lots of. Let's just say every food. I'm a bit of a foodie myself. Yeah. But going back to the question, when I went to this yoga retreat. Um, I went from from being a bit of a carnivore, to be honest, to going into this vegetarian retreat, lights out at 8 o'clock, wake up at 4 or 5. It was pretty big shift for me um, for those few weeks. After the course, it wasn't like I was instantly... All of those things that I'd learnt those two weeks had changed me and I kept them going. I just dropped off some things. I kept some things. And over the last few years, then I would say, yes, I'm a completely different person. I eat differently. I feel differently. I absolutely think differently. And um, and accept probably is one of the biggest changes. I accept everything, Not not as right or wrong. It's just that's just how it is, you know. So it's a way of thinking more than anything. But, oh, a way of being. But it, it's really a, yeah. a, a, a week to week, a month to month, a, a, a year to year. When I look look back, I feel like I haven't changed at all. And then I, then I go, oh, hold on, five years, I was a totally different person. But when you just layer those little changes on every month or so, you kind of don't realise you're doing it. And so. that's the beautiful thing about yoga. It seeps in. Mm. Do you know what I mean? You, mm. Even if you're not really spiritually inclined, you're doing these poses, you're engaging in breathing, you're learning to manage your thoughts and regulate your emotions. Slowly but surely you're being pulled into a spiritual yes, path. that's it's, right. It's without quite, really realising yeah, it. Without really realising it. Yeah. I reckon if you ever did a retreat and went vegetarian for a week and then got up at four o'clock and did your thing, you would be as high as a kite. You wouldn't come down for a month. Probably. Yeah, well, that's well, <laughs> yeah. Not going to happen, but probably. Uh, I like bacon well, too again, much. I'm holding out here, mate. <laughs> no, it's really yeah. interesting because I, I, as I mentioned at the start of the podcast, I started intermittent fasting. Mm. Um, yes, you've already started. Seven and, and a half weeks ago. Yeah. And um, and I also um, drink ketos, ketones and stuff like that. And so I've started to learn a lot more about that sort of stuff. I'm a big breakfast eater, massive fan of breakfast and love my bacon and eggs and all that sort of stuff. I haven't eaten that for nearly eight weeks. Mm. Don't miss it one bit. Yep. And yep. it's really interesting because I think because I did this for me, not to show someone, not to do anything, but it's actually yeah. once again to find who I am. Yep. Um, 
Like lots of people do these challenges and these things because I'm going to win. And that's what that would have been me previously. But I think I've done it for a different reason this time. And hence why I've set myself a 45-week challenge instead of just the eight-week or the six-week or whatever. I just want to change my entire life. And do you feel as if that's more sustainable? We we talked about this boom-bust goal orientation before. You you seem to be in a much better groove. This has become a lifestyle as opposed to a diet. I eat pizza. I go out with my work, we'll go out for dinner tonight, we'll have tapas and I'll eat whatever I want on the menu. I don't eat as much sugar, I don't feel like it now though, but I find that I don't eat till 12 o'clock of a day, that's not an issue. Whereas in the past I'd be sitting there, oh I'm starving, I need breakfast. But I think that's more habitual than anything else because that's what I'd always done. Mm. And I think to find the way around that or to find the way to do that is actually pretty impressive. Mm. Even if I say so mm. myself. You're looking good big fella. Getting there, slowly but surely. But it becomes a lifestyle thing where it's exactly. just natural. Exactly, and that's why I think it yes. becomes natural. And that's I think right. that's, like you said a minute ago, about um, how you then changed a few things from the course. Mm. But then over the last two years, you've pretty much changed your entire life. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Without really intending to do that. Yep. You know what I mean? I just sort of led me to do this and then I'll do that. And Like two I years ago, do you this. think you were going to do a triathlon? Or you're sitting there going, oh, good on you, honey. You yes. go out and ride your bike. <laughs> And do all that sort of stuff. Every time he did a triathlon, it would turn me off. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Every single time, like, I'm never doing that. But now you're looking forward to it. Ish. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking forward to finishing and, yeah. and it's that sense of accomplishment. I like to get out of my comfort zone occasionally, a little bit like today. Well done. But, but you're doing awesome. You really are. Yeah. And um, it's quite funny watching you during this podcast. Mm. Because at the start, you were like... <gasps> All tensed up and then started to relax. Whether that was the ginger beer or not. It helps. It helps. (laughs) (laughs) But you're a lot more relaxed now, talking amongst friends. Beautiful. Should we torment about the the ginger beer? So the way we always finish our podcasts is the fact that we like to create a picture in our head of what the beverage has done for us during and what it tastes like. So what do you got, Chris? It's been a hard day at work, Brett. Yeah? I've... uh, been in the counselling room and uh, I've gone down uh, and I'm, I'm a bit stressed and uh, I don't have time to cook dinner and I've stopped into my local sushi bar because I'm really excited about a food and I always have a ginger but bes- inside the fridge is, is actually a ginger beer and I've cracked it open and I've had my vegetarian a ginger meal and I've sunk this bad boy back and I am very, very, very happy and I'm going to score this bad boy. I'm going to say... A nine out of a ten. I'm very impressed with the ginger beer. Very, very impressed. Mm. Mate, I'm a big fan of ginger beer. Big, massive fan. But like the um, what's the old one that used to the not Budgerum, What's it called Bundaberg? up? Bundaberg, Bundaberg yeah. ginger beer. Bundaberg. Like, that's everyone one loves yeah, a good yeah, Bundaberg yeah, ginger beer. Yeah. But did you know that Budgerum actually makes more ginger than what they do in Bundaberg? Just throw that mm. little fact out there. Mm. My picture is very similar to yours in the fact of come home from work, been a really hard day, sit back. I could have a beer or I could have something with a little bit of taste, a bit of a twang. 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 Mm. And I'd pull this bad boy out. Mate, I'm with you. I'm nine out of ten. That's one of the best ginger beers I've had. And it's also got a bit of a kick to it in the end. So very nice. Like that. I like the yeah, I like the cover too, actually. It does. It looks yeah, good. Yeah, very, very clever very marketing. Cheeky. Very cheeky. What what picture have you got in your head when you drink Ooh. that? First thing that comes Here into comes your head. My review. I instantly loved this ginger beer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But it's got that, it's a, like a bit of sweet, isn't it? So mm. it's a bit oh, of shiver good. and shakti. Like it's, it's a little bit of male and female. Oh. Look out. Here comes the, the yoga. It's a perfect hey. balanced beer. Oh, it's, it's, the yogi's, so it's the yogi's choice. It's the yogi's <laughs> choice. 
it. It's the yogi's choice. Absolutely. I like the bazinga at the end and it's certainly tasty. So Well, I will confess, um, I will confess, uh, Kel, every Monday night after one of your classes and I felt completely in the zone, I'd come home and have dinner and... Uh, Crack open and a night just a crack open a beer. Right and it might just be a ginger beer from the What do you score it out of ten? Um, it's up there. I'm going. I'm going nine and a half. No, just not to be competitive. No. <laughs> <laughs> not at all. So I actually reckon I'd go and buy that just to have in the fridge. Now. I reckon we've got three more to go. We have. Thank you very much for coming in to Kelly. You were amazing and you did a very good job and we hope the punters out there uh, learn a little bit about yoga. Thanks. No mistake, Kel. It's been an honour. Thanks, boys. Thanks very much. Well done, big fella. Cheers. Thanks, buddy. See you next week.